and welcome to the Around the Table podcast with pastors Matt Smith and Nick Decker. This podcast is all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. The goal is to help you grow in your faith and spiritual walk with the Lord every single day of your life. To learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. And now your hosts, Matt Smith and Nick Decker. Hey, and welcome to the Around the Table podcast, where it is our goal on this podcast to help you grow in your faith and walk with the Lord every single day of the week. Uh, Today, uh, we're joined uh, with our co-host, Nick Decker, our family ministries and outreach pastor here. I am Matt Smith, the lead pastor at Lebanon Baptist Church, and we are also joined by a special guest today, one of our married couples life group leaders, Luke Adams. Good to have you on, Luke. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, Thank you guys for having me on. Real big fan of the podcast. Thanks. We, we, we heard you've listened to one of them. At least one. At least one, yeah. <laughs> this is number 12. This is 12, right? Oh. So, so I've listened to 11. Episode 12, yeah. and you've listened to all, all 11. Of them this morning. Man, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> one, of our, <laughs> one of our biggest fans. There you uh, go. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've got Luke on uh, the show today, actually, because one of the areas we want to talk about in our discussion is uh, life groups and the importance of life groups, and we're going to kind of get into that. Uh, really, what we're going to do is cover three uh, particular areas of focus today. We're going to talk a little bit about the sermon uh, from yesterday, and then life groups and spotlight that, and then talk about the upcoming sermon series. And so just want to kind of uh, give you a quick update before we get into that. Uh, don't forget about, we've talked a little bit on the show about pray for a player. Uh, we believe in the importance uh, of prayer and uh, the need for that and how we ought to be committing to that. And we have this initiative with Upward called Pray for a Player. And uh, we've got a lot of kids in our, in fact, uh, over half of the kids in the Upward program this year uh, do not indicate um, that they have any church that they belong to. And so we want many in our church engaging in sponsoring a player or a family and committing to pray for them and contact them and encourage them. We've found that to be very meaningful and effective uh, last year in a few families that were really impacted by it in a dramatic way because somebody they didn't even know let them know they were just praying for them and how meaningful that was uh, to them. So um, also, uh, if you did not get a chance to listen to the sermon uh, from yesterday, uh, it is available now. Uh, You can uh, find that in uh, the link, uh, description link to this video. Uh, Pastor Nick preached out of Philippians chapter 2 and uh, just did a standalone sermon yesterday. A little bit complicated because we had snow come in like just during that two or three hour period in the morning uh, where it made it uh, necessary for us to cancel service and just uh, come and do a live stream. And that went well, didn't it? Uh, Very well. It was sarcastic. (laughs) Those those who don't watch the video or are listening can't see the sarcasm that I put off. Yes. Because we recorded half of it. 80%. 80%, and then it cut off, and so we had to do it all over again. So I told everybody I've never recorded a sermon uh, one and a half times. Yep. So... It's pretty interesting, but it went well, I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wrote the sermon for yeah, me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the content, the content the was content. good. I don't know about the delivery, but <laughs> no, yeah, just some incredible. We just had some difficulties yesterday, internet issues, uh, computer issues, and some of that, and so it made it uh, for a challenging sermon. Yeah, I mean, eighty percent of the way through, thinking, you know, as we're pre- as you're preaching live, and uh, and then it just shuts down, and then we had to re had to re-record the whole sermon. So uh, a little challenging, but the content is out there now. You can find it on our website, lbc not lbcnow.org. Uh, go to the sermons. Uh, look for that 
there. You could also uh, just go to our YouTube channel and look up the sermon from yesterday and watch it. I know you'd be encouraged by it. Pastor Nick preached on Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 12 uh, through 18, which, and I'll just read it real quick. Uh, Paul writing there says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, uh, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, or some would say grumbling or what's another way of translating that? Complaining. Grumbling or complaining, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. That doesn't seem applicable to today at all, does it? Not at all, no. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so do do everything without grumbling, complaining, so you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ... I, Paul says, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. So that's a pretty powerful passage of Scripture, uh, don't you think, Luke? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy because uh, there's a couple times during Pastor Nick's sermon yesterday where uh, I could really see what he was saying and really picture a couple times in my life uh, where complaining or grumbling or, you know, just dwelling on the, the negative circumstances surrounding those those days uh, can really kind of bring you down. And so I really think that you hit the nail on the head with that. And um, I mean, it's a powerful passage, yeah. but it was a really good sermon yesterday as well. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's such a practical point, you know, especially today, because, I mean, it's really not hard today because there's not much negativity uh, in the world. So it's not real hard to apply this. Uh, that's another use of sarcasm, I guess. Yes. But there's so much negativity, so much complaining. That's that's a very practical text of Scripture that just shows you the the, the relevancy of the Word of God. Um, and so I want to ask Nick, though, quickly, because I, I know with all the things we're trying to cover today, we won't have a lot of time, but I'll yeah. just in one minute, if you could kind of recap and summarize the sermon from yesterday. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul, uh, Philippians 2, he talks about the humility of Christ in the Incarnation, and then he takes chapter or verse 12 and makes application to that and says, you are to live in obedience as Christ lived in obedience in verse 8. And he says, here's a couple things. And so I outlined it with kind of do not commands. In other words, do not do this so that you can obey. And he says, you know, don't let up on your spiritual growth. Don't act up by complaining and then don't give up. Uh, on the Lord and His work in your life so that you can rejoice. And uh, for me, the, the biggest point, I, I think just so practical, was number two, just to, as you said, not to complain, not to grumble, not to dispute, in order to be a witness. That's the whole point Paul is being is saying there, in order to show that you're a child of God, but then to witness. And I, I think so many times we miss the point that when we complain and an unsaved world is watching us, we lose the opportunity to actually witness. And so uh, to me, arguing on Facebook, arguing with a coworker, uh, whatever, complaining about my boss, complaining about... You would never do that. I'd never complain yeah. about my boss, but uh, complaining about other people <laughs> in my life, you know, uh, that really the world's watching. And so to me, I, I just, uh, that hit me the hardest. And we could spend so much time on there, uh, but that is something to reflect on our own life. I, I think of... Uh, uh, for example, a small, uh, small example to me would be like if you go to a restaurant uh, after a Sunday service, they say some of the worst people at a restaurant are the people who come from church. Literally, I've heard that. I've heard that uh, personally from mm-hmm. waitresses and waiters. I've and, heard that too. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's sad uh, because you lose your testimony.
testimony right there. And and what's crazy is people who aren't aren't even in that group that were complaining or whatever to the waitress, uh, those Christians lose their testimony too because that Christian did that. And guilty so, by association. Yeah, guilty by association. Um, and so that's just a small example to me as I was thinking about that we can treat people the right way and still be a witness to them. And so it, it does make us to sit back and reflect, okay, this argument I'm in or this uh, moment I am in to complain, really let me step back and consider the people around me. And I think it will change the outcome. Yeah, so. yeah, you know, uh, something I've said before uh, a few times anyway is uh, that the Christians that like what you're describing, I've always felt like uh, there are some Christians who would they would they would influence people towards the gospel better if they would not tell anybody they're a Christian. Yeah, literally. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, Don't like say like anything. Evangelism yeah. by lying about you being a Christian because yeah. you live your life so poorly. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. But. I think one thing, too, that you mentioned in your sermon yesterday that, that um, was really powerful, and I think a lot of times people who either listen to the sermon or either listen to this podcast uh, to really sit back and take stock of is a lot of times uh, you, you kind of – made it a little humorous with the spiritual gift of negativity is, yeah. the, is you know, how I think how you worded it in your sermon. Um, and a lot of times I think people are so negative in their everyday life that they kind of forget that they're being negative. It's just kind of how they are. Yeah. Uh, and when, you know, you said, I think in your sermon, you know, well, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just pointing out the problems. Okay. Well, you know, that you need to sit back and take stock of your life and just say, okay, well, if all you're doing is pointing out problems, then you know you're all you're doing is complaining. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't realize that you know there is no difference in 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 pointing out problems. Or I just want to make sure that you know I just want to make sure the pastoral staff is aware of these issues that's <laughs> yeah, going that on. Never, that never, never happens. Never happens. Never I just want to bring this to your attention. <laughs> yeah. It's really just an, a, a Christian way of saying. I don't like this. Yeah. It's just another way of complaining. Nobody, yeah. you know, most of the time, nine times out of ten, they don't have solutions. No, 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 no. It's yeah. just. But but that's the that is the spiritual gift of negativity is yeah. I'm I'm just good at pointing out the problems but not really helping with the solutions. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good point. Yeah, and uh, so let, let's take a uh, t- couple questions uh, just to dig a little deeper because uh, there's always things in sermons that you wish you could have added but didn't have time. So here's a chance to add a little bit. Anything you would like to add from, <laughs> to yesterday's sermon that you weren't able to? Yeah, I think the only thing I, I was going to say that about complaining, but I think the only thing is the word work out there. Uh, in verse 12, where Paul says, work out your salvation, uh, the idea actually is to continue all the way to the finish. So in other words, Paul uh, was very uh, specific and did that on purpose, used that word there to say, hey, I really want you in my absence to work as hard as you can to finish this process of becoming more and more like Christ. Um, and so he was he he did that on purpose. And so it's the same way with us, that we are to work as hard as we can to finish um, and, and to think about, hey, what is the cost of not following Christ? You know, it's not what is the cost. I think so many people think, well, i got to do this, this, and this. But really, in reality, the cost of not following Christ is far, far greater than uh, than deciding to follow Christ, so uh, I think I think that's the only thing I wish I could have spent more time there. But you know, we only have so many minutes, and I don't want to preach too long. Uh, so yeah, I don't, know I, anything, I don't know anything about that. No long sermons. The, yeah, the, the good news is that everybody's used to it. So <laughs> it's, oh yeah, a yeah. I mean, we, you don't want to come in. You don't get to preach much if you come up there with a twenty minute sermon. That's I'm true. not going to let you preach much if that's all you bring. <laughs> Everybody want you even more than they do now. Uh, but but the, the work out there, I think, is is an interesting word to even study for us to consider because we forget that we just think, okay, work out. But really, Paul is saying, no, work out, finish, work as hard as you can, like an athlete. And he uses the the athletic kind of 
you know, analogy throughout a lot of uh, his writings uh, because it does make the sense, you know, it makes sense to us to, okay, they're going to work as hard as they can. Um, and Paul says the same thing in your spiritual walk, work as hard as you can to live as Christ uh, would live. So that's the only thing I would add. Yep. But uh, anyway, so let's... Um, Let's do this. Let's transition to life groups. So we got a couple, we got uh, a good, good, good amount of time here just to discuss life groups. So Luke, we brought you on, um, your life group leader here, and uh, you've been here a long time, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, How many years have you been at Lebanon? Um, so I'm 33 years old. So I've been at Lebanon for 33 years 33 and nine months. Three years and so, nine. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I've, I've been going here my whole life. I grew up here. Um, you know, I really love the church. Yeah. Uh, so I take that back. I was away for about four, four and a half years. Uh, went up to Liberty uh, to do my, my college and study what there. What was your degree there again? Uh, so we, we double majored in uh, biblical studies and pastoral leadership. Um, and so uh, four years there, and then about uh, 10 to 11 months, got married right out of college, lived up there right after, uh, worked for the school, uh, and then you know moved back to Greensboro. And once we moved back, kind of came back and got plugged in and yeah. uh, started teaching a life group then. So I've been teaching a life group for about twelve years. Okay, that's maybe what a, I was going to ask. Maybe a little next. bit, maybe a little bit less than that, but but right there at it. Yeah. And so, uh, so Nick, what, what about life? Uh, we talk about life groups, but what are life groups yeah, here at Lebanon? So life groups are uh, small gatherings that meet each Sunday morning before or after you attend a worship service, and so they they take the the corporate what we call the corporate worship service where we gather together as a body, um, and then we break in these smaller groups to uh, discuss different aspects. And so, uh, you know, they're very important to us. In fact, that's like the, what we call the lifeblood here at Lebanon. And, uh, we encourage you that, you know, if you're not in a, in a small group or excuse me, in a life group, it it is really important that you get into one because that's how you, I mean, develop relationships. You grow deeper in your relationship with the Lord. Uh, and so life groups are very, very important to us. I mean, that's, that's one of the main things. In fact, uh, that's kind of the next step you take here. So you kind of come on Sunday morning, and we're expecting you, if you come back, to get into a life group and not just to come on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's in these life groups you can truly be known, held accountable, yeah. and encouraged in your spiritual journey. Yeah, for yeah. sure, and, and develop those habits uh, better uh, that you preached on a few weeks ago. So you've taught 12 years yep. as a life group leader. What made you uh, consider, what made you uh, want to become a life group leader? Um, so... Throughout college, um, just really getting plugged into different aspects of uh, campus life, uh, was able to be on student leadership there, uh, really just developed a really strong heart for discipleship. I think a lot of times uh, in our churches, um, you know, in our families, whatever it is, you know, we we kind of put a, a heavier emphasis on evangelism, which don't don't hear me wrong. That is very important, yeah. but but we kind of neglect the discipleship aspect mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and so, you know, I really developed a heart for that throughout college, um, and and really wanted to bring that back and kind of see that play out here at Lebanon, um, and just you know really kind of pour into the life of other people, uh, who can then pour into the life of other people, uh, and just kind of make disciples that way. Um, so when we moved back. We were much younger, uh, and so we, you know, we moved back. We didn't have any children, uh, and so we actually started doing the college-aged life group. Is okay. when we started in. Um, most of the people who were in the college-aged life group are still in my small group. Uh, they're just now we're the young married yeah. couple uh, class, and so you know we, we've we've kind of all transitioned into different phase of our life. Um, but that's kind of where we started, and and then we kind of transitioned once we started having children. Uh, it was just you know it's hard to stay out 
with college. I mean, college kids just want to stay out late. I mean, yeah. they want to do things you know, and constantly be moving and active. And that's, that's cool. Um, it was just really hard with a, you know, with a two year old and a, uh, newborn. I can't imagine. No, uh, <laughs> no, there's a sarcasm. Again. Yeah, you have how many little... children now? Uh, so we have four kids. We have three boys and a little girl. Yeah. Um, Any more? Negative. None. No. Yeah. You're we're done. done. Um, yeah. Couple chickens, couple dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got a big farm, or yeah. not a big farm. We have a farm now. We got you know several chickens. Um, uh, probably close to thirty chickens now wow. in, in various stages. Um, we got couple, you know, three dogs, two cats, two goats, and a partridge in a pear tree. So no more college ministry. No, what you're no, no, college yeah. ministry is hard well, uh, with all that. But. but you talk about discipleship. I think that's that's great because that is uh, that's. I think the main focus of life groups is the discipleship. Uh, evangelism is important. We do outreach here. That's one of our main things. But uh, life groups help us accomplish the discipleship, you know, we want to see in the lives of the members. And so I hear that heart. So tell me, and you said you're you're leading the, the young couples now. Uh, what what kind of, speaking to discipleship, what kind of study are you doing now? What are you leading those, those couples through? Yeah, so actually, uh, we just kind of transitioned back into a Sunday morning format. Uh, we were doing a home group. Uh, for probably three to four years, uh, meeting at our house um, on Thursday nights. And, um, you know, just especially with COVID coming, you know, it just kind of really made it hard yeah. to have large groups at our house. Um, and so, you know, we, we met a couple of times during COVID and, and it just kind of became increasingly difficult. Um, plus, you know, a lot of people in the small group keep having kids. And so uh, I think the last time we met at our house, we had like 40 people there and like, 24 of them were kids. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was great, yeah, but it, it, uh, great. it's tough. So Sunday morning just makes it a lot well, you easier. Ch- you know, we have child, child care, care. Yeah. Uh, and we can really focus in on, on what we're talking about. Yeah. So uh, we just kind of transitioned back into a Sunday morning format. And so what we started with was uh, kind of defining marriage, how the Bible does. You know, we started in Ephesians 5. We looked at our marriages as a picture of the gospel, uh, not just a relationship between a man and a woman, not just, you know, how we interact with each other, but... You know, um, you know, Paul, when he's writing, he talks about marriage, and he, he talks about the relationship between Christ and the bride, and he kind of uses that to equate the two. Um, so we spent about three weeks talking about that, two to three weeks on that, and then uh, now we're in a, a new series we just started, and uh, we started, and then we've, you know, missed two weeks because of snow and uh so demonically inspired yeah, weather. Yeah, so whenever, whenever we meet again, uh, we'll be talking about uh, some topics that we usually hit on in premarital counseling. I'm sure um, you know you guys being pastors, y'all have either done some premarital counseling, or I know that you know you, you both sat through it uh, before you got married. Um, and so a lot of times when we have that counseling, we, we sit down and we, we kind of talk about uh, what marriage is going to be like, or what we want marriage to be like. But you know, most everybody that's in the in the group now has has been married for at least you know five to ten to even longer. Uh, and so it's it's really more than um, you know, something that we kind of expect. You know, we've kind of yeah. been living in it for a while. And so, you know, we just wanted to revisit a lot of those topics. So, you know, we're going to start talking about, like, expectations uh, that you bring into marriage, how those kind of have played out in each other's marriages. Um, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about um, raising children. And so, you know, we're just going to have a, a lot of those topics that typically people talk about before marriage, and they kind of have these grand ideas. And then it's kind of like... 
Um, I think it's Mike Tyson that always says, uh, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And that's kind of how marriage is sometimes. Not the punch yeah. in the mouth. But if you're like, going to quote Mike Tyson, though, you got to say it the way he says it. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, Punked in the mouth. But, you know, everybody, everybody's got kind of this plan about yep, their marriage yep, of how yep, they want yep. it to be going into it. And then once you kind of get into it and you realize, oh, man, like this is this is no longer the, you know, the fairy tale that yep. we thought it was. You know, marriage is hard. Um you know, people always say, you know, getting married is easy, but staying married is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Christian life, you know, getting saved is, is pretty easy, uh, but staying, you know, and working out your salvation, like you talked about, you know, that's that's really difficult. That's yeah. a lifelong process. And so the goal for the series is just to really equip us to have these conversations in our homes with our spouses about these other topics. Um, and maybe we've gotten off track, you know, maybe like it'll help us realize that, okay, when we started these things, you know, we had these ideas, we, you know, we wanted to be really spiritually focused. We wanted Christ to be at the center. And now that, you know, we've been in it for five, 10, 15 years, we kind of see where, how kind of far off track we've gotten. So hopefully this will kind of get some conversations going. And and if, if any of our, our people are like that, you know, it'll give them a jumping off place to kind of get back on track with where they, they envisioned their marriage being five, ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's yeah, easy. Okay. We, we talked this morning in, in staff meeting about uh, the importance of being intentional uh, in your life. And I think at, at kind of at least where I'm at uh, in our marriage, at our season, close to about the same as, as y'all and many of the ones in your group, you know, it's easy around now to start coasting and just kind of floating together downstream, you know, and it's and it's very easy to lose that intentionality. And oh, yeah. so you got to have others that you know, that are going through it too, that can help you and can, can motivate you and spur you on to, to what, you know, you, you say, Hey, this is what we want to be when we got married. Yeah. Good marriages don't happen by accident. It's not like, like you say, it's not like you can just coast down the river and at the end of it realize like, Oh man, you know, we had a great you know, Christ honoring relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's something that takes work. It's something that takes, you know, intentionality, just like you said. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great, and uh, and so you you lead that young married class ten forty five every Sunday morning. Yep. Uh, so most of the people that are in our life group, you know, they go to the early service, yep. and then we you know we we um, go to the ten forty five uh, hour for our life group, and and we meet uh, upstairs. So you know, it's a really good time. Yeah, and child care is provided. Uh, how about this, Matt? You got some questions uh, yep. for him. Let's go ahead and, and jump into those. I know you had some to ask him about. Yeah, we we'll talk groups. a little bit about commitment. You know, we went one of the big. Uh, pieces to uh, being a covenant member at Lebanon Baptist Church is going through our Discover class. And in that Discover class, we tell you about the church and tell people interested in the church more about it. But we say, um, you know, I always say, we're we're wanting you to, if you're going to be a part of this church, we want you to be committed. We don't want you to just show up, you know, on Sunday morning, but be committed. And that first step of commitment is being a part of a life group. And then in these life groups, we really are wanting to help influence each other to be committed and to pursue commitment together, uh, not just in your marriage, like in this particular, but in life in general. And so commitment is a big part of our church and what we ask for people to do. And and we're trying to get life groups to take steps of commitment this year together to pursuing some of the mission. And so I'm just kind of curious, what would be some areas of commitment, like in y'all's life group, that you're kind of wanting to lead uh, your group towards uh, this year? Um, yeah, so there's a couple different areas that, you know, you guys have challenged the church with and, and, you know, our life group, especially, I think that a lot of times, um, a lot of the work and, and you know, that I think the statistic is like 80 or 90%, but you know, like, uh, 10% of the, your, your members do like 80 or 90% of the work. Um, so our goal 
you know, our, one of our, our main goals is to really spread that out, uh, is to get people more involved to serve, um, not just attend a worship service, not just attend a life group, but to really get involved, plugged in, and serve. Um, you know, we have a lot of ministries here. You know, we do Upward, we do um, our food pantry. Uh, you know, we have stuff going on all week, you know, with our after school and, and everything that we do. You know, we have a ton of ministry. So, you know, one thing really is to get more involved in the serving aspect um, and not just rely on you know, that 10%. Um, but another area is to really be kind of evangelistically focused. Uh, I think uh, the challenge, you know, that you guys have kind of put out is that each life group kind of really concentrate on seeing five people come to know the Lord um, throughout be- this year. Yeah, and begin the and, discipleship and begin, process. Right, into, yeah. our, into the church, whether it's our church, whether it's a different church, you know, see them kind of get involved in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's a really good focus for this year. That helps us um, stay on task with our, you know, evangelistic focus. What about uh, future events, studies, areas you're looking to study with uh, the life group this year? Any any thoughts on that yet with your particular group? Yeah, so um, so I, I kind of I, I don't know that you do this on purpose or not, uh, Pastor Matt, but um, I'm, I'm I really like enjoy teaching more exegetically. So you know, verse by verse, kind of going through a book of the Bible, uh, topical. Lessons and series kind of it's a struggle for me because um, that's me trying to say I have to be smarter than what's in the Bible right like I have to come up with all these things uh, when I can just you know teach what the Bible yep, says yep. and that's pretty good um, so hopefully you know after we kind of finish up our our initial marriage uh, series we'll kind of get into possibly a book of the Bible um, maybe one that kind of you know focuses more on marriage you know I'm not going to say that we'll go through uh, Song of Solomon or anything but you know that could be a good one to go through. Um, you don't want to commit to that. Just I'm not going to commit to that right now at this, <laughs> at this time. No, uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, we'll do, you know, kind of a topical series and, and really the format that we're trying to go for is more of a discussion based. Um, I kind of have a tendency just to kind of get up and teach and talk. And so you know, I can get up there and talk for 30 minutes um, and, you know, that, that kind of be it. But I really want to get a lot more focused in on everyone kind of sharing and, and sharing their experiences as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. And and two, I think small groups or life groups, uh, there's more than just a young married couple, to, uh, couples too. So if you're watching or listening to this, please know that we offer so many more. And we'll put the link uh, in the show notes as well to look at all the life groups we offer because it's not just, you don't have to be married to be in a life group. And so we want to encourage you to be in that. It's very important uh, that you're in a life group. So uh, thanks for sharing that. We always like to spotlight our life group leaders. Hey, Pastor Matt, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, why don't you tell us this? So you're starting a new series in Acts this Sunday. Why don't you tell our listeners and viewers, why Acts? Why did you choose a sermon series through Acts? Well, I think because it's it's part of God's Word. I mean, you're talking about that. That's a good, uh, <laughs> that's good, a good, good, good start. You know, God wrote it. He wants, uh, he wants us to, to hear it and uh, to know it. Uh, but um, we really want to be um, focused on on the gospel and on proclaiming the gospel and on being the kind of church that uh, God would want us to be. And so uh, there's really no other book like Acts in all of the Bible. It is one of these books that is completely unique. I mean, like you, Mark, okay? Mark, well, you got Luke and you got Matthew and and even some stuff redundant there with John. You got four gospels. You got several repeated themes in some of the epistles that Paul writes. But Acts is the only book that gives us that 30-year period after Christ rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, 
and then they went out doing what he had commanded them to do. That first 30 years of the church beginning, that is the only record we have of those events. It is literally three decades that changed the entire world forever that we have been impacted by. And uh, so I wanted us to look at that. It's a long book. But I want us to go through it, and we'll have some breaks, do a topical series maybe every yeah. now and then to just kind of break it up. Uh, but but we, we will work through the whole book of Acts because it shows us what the early Christians did as they were being obedient, talking about the sermon from Sunday, but as they obeyed Christ, this act, act shows us that. And it's full of excitement. It's it's it moves. Yeah. Um, there's all kind you, you know. There's all kinds of things in the book that leave you going, "Whoa, what's that all about? What does yeah. that mean for me today?" Yeah. Uh, it's controversial as well because it's like, "Well, should we be doing that?" I see them. Hey, they're talking in tongues. I mean, should we be doing that today in the church? I mean, if the early, you know, so do we do everything that the early Christians were doing? I mean, uh, do we do some things? How do we know what to do that they did, and how do we know what not to do? What's descriptive? What's prescriptive? And then just the the just to see the explosive growth of the gospel as it went from this small little group that were deflated, defeated, and in hiding to thousands around the the, the whole Roman Empire and known world that had put their faith and trust in Jesus and had turned the whole world upside down in just 30 years before technology and social media and all of that. So we want to study it and look at it because of that. There's yeah. all these experiences and examples of witnessing in the book. We're actually going to, you know, Jesus says in Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses. So he says, go out and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then they go out and do that. And so we're going we're gonna to call the series Eyewitness. Um, and it's just going to be a sermon series through the book of Acts. And uh, we're, we're going okay. to focus on that. A lot of fun, a lot of fun facts, a lot of things people don't know. And good, we have, good thing we have Luke, you know, kind of on the show today with us, too, because, uh, you know, Luke wrote Acts. Yeah, uh, it was a I labor of love. Labor it's a real love. labor of love. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, Acts is the uh, sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Yeah, and so it's it's just phenomenal uh, to to see that twenty seven percent of the New Testament written by him. I want to get into all of that uh, kind of cool stuff in this sermon series. Yeah. So again, Acts covers those years from thirty to sixty A.D. Three decades that changed the world forever. Covers the reigns of Tiberius, Caligula, Claudius, and Nero phenomenal book. Jesus said in the Gospels that it would be better for his disciples that he went away. Say, how is that even possible? Jesus said it would be better for you if I go away. That doesn't make any sense. And Acts shows us how it was better. It was how it was actually better that Jesus go away. So this is just an incredible book for us to jump in and study. Yeah, I think that's great. Hey, is there anything you would uh, just encourage our listeners and viewers to maybe do this week as they prepare for this sermon series coming in, coming on Sunday? What, what would you encourage them to do to, in order to prepare themselves? So three things you can do to prepare for the upcoming sermon series on the book of Acts. Number one, read the book of Acts, okay? Just read through the book of Acts. Now, number two— Before Sunday. Before Sunday, yeah, what do you mean before it's Sunday? 28 chapters. Take 10 minutes, okay? Uh, maybe 15. All right. Okay, maybe. Anyway, read. So number one, read the book of Acts. Okay. Number two, read the book of Acts. And then number three, what do you think? Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts, man. And just read through it, and it'll fill your mind with all these questions, and you'll be excited to see what happened, and, you, and it will prepare you more than anything else. That will prepare you for the upcoming sermon series. If you're not going to read the whole book of Acts because you're a little weaker Christian, um, I understand. Read the first, um, read the first uh, eight, 
chapters. Just read the first eight chapters of Acts two or three times. Hey, we'll start a reading plan, too. We can find a reading plan for Acts that our church can jump in on. So I'll find that today and put it in the show notes so that as they're watching this, they can just click on it. Yeah, they can do that. uh, And then even if they don't read it, they could still just click the checkbox so it looks to us like they did. So it looks like they did it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least they can do that. Hey, as we close, Luke, since we have you on here, uh, why don't you tell us, is there anything you want to add, like you want to see Pastor Matt preach on through the book of Acts? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Pastor Matt already kind of said that it's kind of a unique book. I mean, it's kind of, even teaching through it is is really different than how you would approach another uh, teaching topic. Um, when I was at Liberty, you know, I think I was talking to, to Nick, to you about this maybe a week or so ago, but uh, my professor that I had for Acts, uh, his name was uh, Dr. Fowler. He um, was an Old Testament scholar, right? Like Hebrew, like you could read, just read Hebrew, right? Like the ancient text. Old Testament stuff, that's kind of his thing. And he kind of, I'm not sure how, but I think he just kind of got wrangled into teaching in Acts class. But he had a super unique take on it because if we think about the people who were living during that time, and we think about, you know, the Christians who had just come out of Judaism, uh, you know, when Christ was alive on earth, you know, God had given the nation of Israel this religion for them to follow. And now Jesus is coming and he's... He's kind of turning all this on its head. And so we kind of have this first-generation Christian community who are coming out of an entirely different mindset, you know, not just culturally. You know, a lot of times when we think about people who are alive in the Bible, you think, oh, it's a different culture, it's a different time, and that's true. But, I mean, these these were even religious people who were devout. You know, they were devout Jews, and so they followed the letter of the law, and they, you know, fought, they came out of that. But this is kind of them. This is kind of the story of the nation of Israel coming out of a whole way of life and changing the way that they kind of think about everything. Uh, and so, when we think about that, it's just a really unique way to think about the Book of Acts and and the Christians involved with it. And I'm sure. You know, Pastor Matt's a lot smarter than me, uh, and so I'm sure he's kind of already thought about that, and that's going to be part of his series. But you know, that would I would like that's to hear. That's what you'd add. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would. That's, that's phenomenal. A good way to put that's it. a phenomenal yeah. way to look at it too, and it makes me think of one other thing I wanted to add, which is just bringing all this kind of together. There is this scene in Acts chapter six where there's some grumbling and complaining yep. within the early church about some practical needs not being met. And so the apostles met and formulated a plan and appointed some other men of certain qualifications to to make sure those practical needs were met. And they all agreed with it, all those early Christians who were grumbling and complaining, all agreed, okay, this is a good solution. And they did it. They carried it out. And it, then it says in that same little text there that in response to some of that, Jewish priests, okay, priests of the synagogue, came to faith in Jesus Christ Hmm. and began following the way. So you've got the hardest group, culturally speaking, the hardest group to reach would have been these priests whose whole life had been about the synagogue and the Old Testament way, you know, the Jewish Judaistic way of thinking, and they're converted to Christ all because of a proper response to some practical issues that created grumbling and working it out the right way. And you see all of that happening there. And that's just one little, like, section of about seven verses in Acts 6. Yeah. Uh, that'll be—I mean, I'm, I'm ready to preach that one this week, but we got a ways to go <laughs> before like we how, even get there. Like, how hard would it be for me to come in to the offices one day and convince you two who have, you know, yep. studied for years and years, and this is your—like, this is what you do. How hard would it be for me to come in here and convince you that, you know, the way that you've been doing it 
is no longer valid hmm. and that you need to do all these things differently now. I mean, that would be a really tough sell. Uh, I mean, I, I think at this yeah. point in history, and, yeah. you know, in church oh. history, I would be a heretic at that point. But, yeah. I mean, think about it from that standpoint. Yeah. yeah. At that time, for those priests to come yeah. out of that, that'd be you know, really difficult thing yeah. to, to accomplish. And, a, and Acts shows us all of those things, so it's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, Luke, we appreciate uh, you coming on uh, today. Glad yeah, guys, that you I really able. enjoyed the invite. Thank you guys for letting me come yeah. and, and talk. I, I love, uh, I mean, I love talking about God's word and and our church. So yeah. you know, it's a really good time well, to do. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you'll be on soon again. So anyway, we appreciate that, Pastor Matt. Appreciate the opportunity to discuss Acts and looking forward to Sunday, 9.30 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. You'll start the new sermon series. You can also join us online at 9.30 a.m. as well if you can't uh, join in person. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Lebanon Baptist Church here in Greensboro, North Carolina. To learn more about Lebanon, visit lbcnow.org and uh, click on the Around the Table podcast app. Follow us. Uh, Make sure you rate us review us, subscribe to us, do everything you can, right, right to promote around the table, because it's a great podcast. It is. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, uh, jump on Pray for a Player as well. If you haven't done that as well, we'll provide the link in the show notes. That is all we have, so we hope that you have a great week. Thanks for joining us for Around the Table, a discussion all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church. If you would like to learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. Make sure to follow Lebanon Baptist Church on Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.